up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice. Rob and Pete are joined by Waiver Wire James. Top options to target, DFS plays, best bets, the works. It's the Monday edition. What's good, everybody? Jensen and Reese coming at you on this Monday morning talking fantasy pucks. Thanksgiving week, Robbie. Short one here. We're uh, looking forward to two shows on tap. Turkey's in the oven, and let's get a little... We'll bring home the bacon for the users here this week. Kind of a funky game schedule again because of the holiday, but regardless... Uh, just quickly to recap here, was there anything over the weekend hockey-wise that stuck out to you? I think injuries. Injuries are starting to pile up. Uh, hopefully uh, the these teams around the league with the holidays coming up can get a couple of days to rest here and there. That said, uh, we're reaching that stretch of the season. We saw Stamkos, uh, Nick Backstrom, some guys coming back, which was a good sign, mm-hmm. like Tori Krug, but Victor Arvidsson's out long-term now. Uh, that was kind of a... Uh, unfortunate play it was not something that you could say was necessary uh, for the for that game but Arvidsson's out and the Predators are searching for answers now and one other interesting thing too I was watching a little bit of the Habs game they were up four nothing against the Rangers and uh, I was like okay I'm gonna turn this one off all of a sudden boom <laughs> comeback alert a lot of uh, four nothing leads just evaporating this season. This is like yeah. the third or fourth time that I've seen it. And two of them were the Panthers, right, coming back right. against the Bruins and then that other one against the Ducks on Thursday. So, And that was a good slate on Thursday. I, I was happy to go 3-1 and one after you guys were chirping me about giving too many picks. That was a that was a good night for me. A Very nice, night. Peter. He's Very been nice. waiting. He's All weekend he's been waiting to get to come at the us. The Sharks did win, though, right? That was they Thursday? Did, yeah. Away we go. And, and, and Robbie, um, did you get the measurements? Did you get the exact <laughs> route for the uh, parade route for the Toronto Maple Leafs this weekend? How's <laughs> I did. it looking? It's looking really good. Uh, I'm feeling a lot safer about that pick now, and, and what a response by the Leafs. Like, toe gutsy win against two very quality clubs. That's the stuff that we've come to know and love about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we were talking about the buy-low window on Tyson Barry. It might have closed uh, (laughs) in the process of these consecutive wins for the Leafs. I think my direct quote the other day was nonsense, talking about the fact that Barry wasn't playing on the first power play. He is now. He has three points in two games. He's got a four-game point streak. Tyson Barry also scored uh, against Colorado, so a little extra motivation there. It was good to see Barry get back on track. I was going to bring up that game because that game was a hell of a game, and Colorado <laughs> was not going away, and the Maple Leafs did everything they could to blow the lead, but they held on. They get the win. Mm-hmm. Now they come back home. Seems like the season has been turned around a little bit with the coaching change, and uh, Tyson Barry, the big winner of the uh, of the whole entire deal, right? Because mm-hmm. he's looks like he's uh, electrified it this point and hopefully we can see those two teams meet in the stanley cup final if not this year somewhere in the near future but for more on the waiver wire let's bring in none other than the waiver wire james who writes our top 10 waiver wire piece for nhl.com backslash fantasy let's stick with the abs here james andre burakovsky hottest player on the list are you concerned about his staying power when miko rantanen who is set to return soon um, no, I would not be worried about any kind of a drop-off in production for Burakovsky after the return of Miko Randon. We saw what he started to do earlier this season, even playing just on that second line with Nazem Kadri. Uh, we saw the level of production there. It's taken a greater step forward, obviously, because he is playing with Nathan McKinnon at the moment on that top line opposite of Eunice Donskoy. But 
I think even when Rantanen comes back, you could see the opportunity for Burakovsky to stay on that line. But even if he does get dropped back down with Nazem Kadri on that second line, I like his level of production. He seems to be playing with a lot more confidence. He's in a larger offensive role than he really ever saw over the previous years with the Washington Capitals. So, no, I wouldn't really expect too much of a drop-off. Obviously, going from Nathan McKinnon to Nazem Kadri as your center, there will be some drop-off, but I think from a fantasy uh, value standpoint, he's still going to have some for the remainder of the season. So I'm not going to drop him right away until I see a huge downturn in production from him over an extended period of time. Yeah, it's been huge to see the consistency finally at this stage of his career from Burakovsky. We'll see if he keeps it up uh, when the big dogs get back for Colorado. So on the on the waiver wire this Monday, I think Morgan Frost jumps out at a lot of people. He's not only playing on the top line with Claude Giroux, he's playing on the first power play. Uh, Morgan Frost, what are your thoughts on this player and his potential staying power for a loaded Flyers offense? Well, I think his staying power is very high when you look at the fact that they called him up uh, at the point of the season that, that they did. You know, we're a quarter way through the season right now. A player like that, sometimes you may expect to see him, you know, called up a little bit later in the season if they're trying to figure out where they right. want to slot him in for next year. So the fact that they called him up this early in the season and are putting him in such a prime placement tells me that not only do they see him as somebody who's going to make an impact in the future down the line, but somebody who's going to make an impact right now on this team for the remainder of the season. I, I do think that the Flyers are good enough to be a playoff team um, out of that division, and I think that Morgan Frost, everything he's done so far has shown that he is definitely a real deal, especially in those deeper and keeper leagues. Um, so I would be jumping on him in those formats. He's got three points, nine shots on goal right now in three games. So I, I definitely think... Uh, at least for the forecoming future right now, see what he has to offer by picking him up. I, I don't think it hurts taking a flyer on him. And if he cools down, he cools down, he drops for someone else. But I'm definitely high on Morgan Frost right now, especially with his exposure to Giroux at both even strength and on the man advantage. Mikhail Granlin is the most established player on this list. Despite his struggles in Nashville, he's hot recently. Would you say he has priority to pick up because of that nice track record? I think so, but I think it's more because of the fact that Victor Arvidsson is going to miss the next four to six weeks with that lower body injury. Um, We've seen what Granlin did all those years in Minnesota. He really hasn't found his niche yet in Nashville, but I think he will get that production, and I think he will start to see his role increase down there, whether he is playing with Ryan Johansson, or if he stays on that line uh, with Matthew Shane. He did skate with Johansson and Forsberg the other night after Arvidsson left that game with his injury, so that could potentially be a new line formation. Um, I know they were skating him there just because they were down a man in that game, but he did look solid playing with both of them. So he hasn't really looked great so far with Duchesne, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to shuffle the lines down there a little bit, but he's definitely somebody I'm keeping my eye on. I'm keeping my eye on Dallas in any way, shape, or form right now. I mean, look at Klingberg comes back, has an assist. Hintz comes back, scores a goal. All of this trickles down, uh, I think, to their backup goaltender, Anton Hudobin, who was lights out the other day against Chicago. Uh, 
Kudobin's value moving forward as one of the best backups in the league, where does that stand him in standard fantasy leagues? Arguably might be the best backup in the NHL right now. Among qualifying goaltenders, he's uh, third in goals against average with a 2.15 and fourth in save percentage with a .929. Uh, I, I think that when you look at where Dallas was at the beginning of the year to where they are now, Ben Bishop was the reason why they were struggling early in the season. In net, it was not Anton Kudobin, and Kudobin has just absolutely kept his fantastic play solid, and, and, and he keeps on just trucking along. Every time he's in there right now, he is giving you one or two goals against. He's playing absolutely outstanding hockey. So I think as a standalone value, I'm not really sure if I'm fully jumping on him as somebody who I want to pick up uh, as a as a standalone guy just because of the amount of starts that Bishop is still getting. But if you have Bishop, you absolutely need to own Kadobin. And if you're in, in need of a spot start, I know that's Rob's favorite goaltender <laughs> to pick up, uh, you need to definitely jump on Kadobin if he's available in your league and you're in a pinch. Agreed 100%. And given Ben Bishop's injury history, I think that's a player, even if you roster as a number three goalie without Ben Bishop, I think you'll be satisfied with. Now, one last player I want to get to here is Zach Hyman. He made the notable uh, cut list on your forwards. He's kind of the Swiss Army knife, but are you worried under the new look Leafs and Sheldon Keefe that he might lose a little value? I think it definitely depends on whether or not he stays in that lineup placement or if Sheldon Keefe starts to uh, mix and match some lines to see if something works a little bit differently. He's never really been uh, a a huge scoring threat. He did have 21 goals last season in 71 games. He has two goals and one assist right now in six games. Obviously, he had that uh, prolonged injury at the beginning of the season. So I think we need to kind of wait that out a little bit to see how the Leafs' offense looks under the new coaching staff and under the new system that they want to install there. Um, Right now it seems like he is going to stay with John Tavares. They do seem to have a little bit of chemistry there on that second line. But, yeah, I I would be a little skeptical right now on a guy like Hyman until I see what the future looks like for the Leafs from an offensive standpoint because I don't think they're really sold on the lineup structure the way it is right now. James, uh, if you're looking on defense, uh, the one name that jumps out to me lately is Adam Fox, and people are wondering, uh, should they drop like a struggling star player? Like, I know Barry's turned it around, but maybe like a Subban for him. What are your, what's your landscape right now on defense? Do you like Fox, and is there anyone else that's jumping out at you on D? I definitely do like Fox. It seems like the Rangers are starting to give him a little bit of a longer leash to work with. Um, they're putting him in more offensive situations they're putting him in more power play situations so I, I don't know if I'm dropping somebody uh, of the caliber of, of a Subban just yet for him but any of those mid-level guys uh, if Fox is available I'm definitely picking him up over some more um, established veterans I do like a guy like Joel Edmondson who has been playing very consistently lately for Carolina even though there are a few more established uh, offensive options from a fantasy perspective for the Hurricanes. Ryan Suter, if he's available, uh, is always going to give you some very solid production for the Minnesota Wild. A couple of Vegas Golden Knights defensemen lately 
Shea Theodore and Nate Schmidt have been uh, productive. So, you know, there's there are a few names out there, but definitely uh, I like where Fox is going. And I like the fact that because of the season that the Rangers are having right now, they're giving a lot of these young kids a chance to, to make mistakes and, and to play a lot of hockey. So I, I think that Fox is definitely going to get a lot of opportunity in that system purely for the fact that the Rangers are kind of seeing what they have with a lot of these young guys this year and just giving them the chance to play in major situations. James, world-class advice from you, as always, as to be expected, as per usual. So thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you next week. Big thanks to James for hopping on on this Monday morning. You could follow him on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. And we were talking about maybe cutting the cord on P.K. Subban, but it's pretty crazy uh, the extent of the slump that he is in to start the season. You 100% cannot drop P.K. Subban. I don't care what's going on off the ice, what's going on on the ice. The thing that I am looking at is Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall had a little bit of a slow start to the year goal scoring-wise. As soon as he gets going, P.K. Subban is going to get going. The question is, is Taylor Hall going to get it going for the New Jersey Devils or another team? <laughs> another team. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say is P.K. Subban, one point this entire month, he's got about four or five internet shows, and he has one point this month. That's hard to believe considering the caliber of player he is to only have one point. You'd imagine you know, one of these slap shots from the point would you know, dunk in, bounce in. I mean, that is tough to handle. I just don't see myself dropping a player of his caliber with his track record for someone that's unproven. I mean, I know the concern about Taylor Hall is a very valid one. Like, if he would be moved at the deadline potentially, that would be a hurt. But you know what? Even if it takes Subban until January 1st to get it going, I mean, that's prime playoff positioning for fantasy hockey players. It's a couple years, though, now that he's become kind of a one-dimensional player, especially when he's out there on the power play, and he'll be out there a little less often on the first unit with Sammy Votnin back. Yeah, there's the concerns about the Taylor Hall contract year. You've seen all these slow-starting teams, or a lot of them that we believed in at the start of the season, the Sharks, Dallas, teams like that, start to pick it up. I haven't seen it from the Devils. That's a concern. Robbie, you know I'm a big believer in what the Japanese say, as are you. Stay patient, stay patient. This guy is Hmm. pushing my patience to the brink. He has been, is it fair to say he's been the biggest disappointment from a fantasy perspective all season long? I mean, there are, of course, a couple guys here and there we can bring up, but he's Mm -hmm. right atop the list as far as I'm concerned. I think it's very fair where he was drafted to say, to put the disappointment tag on him, no doubt about it. I will just say one more point about this discussion is that Shane Gossespierre is a player that you can drop and feel good about that. He's He's been scratched. He's playing 10, 15 minutes a game. At least with PK, he's still got his 22-plus a game, which to me, you know what, hey, if he's not producing, I think even though if he's on the downtrend of his career, he's going to get producing. And every league that I'm in, the waiver wire for defensemen, there's no one intriguing me enough that I would cut the court on Subban for. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Flyers are in a weird spot where they have guys who have been around for a long time, but then they have this uh, integration of young players from Frost, who we talked about with James and Farabee and Carter Hart, who's in a little bit of a losing streak. I'm curious to see if he can get it going because then they could be a really scary team. But it's like a youth movement right now in Philly. And Gossespierre is not that old, but it's like he's fallen out of it a little bit. It'll be interesting to see their game Monday night. They play the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's going to be a great, fast-paced game. A lot of young players on the ice. So let's see how Carter Hart, if he is going to start, fares in that game. 
I'm definitely getting Frost in my lineup. I'm also tapping into that Canuck. I'm not going to take the Flyers goalie here. Tapping into Canucks power play any which way I can. I think the easiest way is to take like JT Miller or take Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes has 13 power play points this season. Top five in the NHL, forwards included. All the guys ahead of him are elite forwards like Pasternak, Drysaddle, McDavid, guys like that. So pretty amazing stuff for the rookie. And by the way, I'm just going to circle back real quick on P.K. Subban because it seems like every time I say <laughs> cut the cord or this guy is shot or this team is shot, they they pick it right up and bounce right back. So I think I put the little reverse jinx on P.K. Subban. I said cut the cord. Mm. My patience mm. is running low. Watch him. He's going to have a big week this week, and he's going to bounce back. He's going to make Bobby look bad. I hope so, honestly. I think you're due for, for a shameful appearance, Bobby. But Monday night, another big kind of slate here. Calgary's facing Pittsburgh. It's not going to surprise anybody that my lock of the night's the Calgary Flames, unless you're an avid hockey fan and you know that the Flames have stunk this year. The reason why I'm picking Calgary tonight is because they held a closed-door player-only meeting, which, yes, could suggest that they're not getting along with the coach. But more importantly, I think they're really trying to unify that locker room. And we've all been waiting. We've been waiting patiently for Johnny Gaudreau, for Sean Monaghan, for Lindholm, for the big guys to step up. I think they get it going tonight against Pittsburgh. Yeah, the questions have not stopped in terms of should I... I saw one guy reached out and said... Uh, Goudreau's gotten him negative points in his league like three straight weeks <laughs> just hold your horses on this player he's an elite left wing top 10 in the league bar none so I think uh, Johnny Goudreau remain patient and yeah this is a bounce back spot Chris Letang could return for the Penguins on Monday which is a big thing for them as they look to get healthy here but Flames have some nice appeal here on the road in complete agreement with Robbie, as I looked at the board, um, the players only meeting, they got a win, I believe it was last night. Barely. Barely won. But I do like Calgary in this spot. They should beat the Penguins. This will be, they're an underdog plus 140. Give me that value. I'm taking Calgary. And I'm feeling pretty neutral on this Monday. I did I did read an athletic article over the weekend that made my blood boil. It was uh, Johnny Gaudreau should be traded. I mean, I just would yeah, like I mean, to ask the author of any one of those articles, including the people that wrote the Capitol should trade Ovechkin years ago, hmm. how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, have you watched hockey in the past five years? Johnny Gaudreau is one of the most electrifying players. I mean, his line is in a slump right now. The team uh, has struggled to score outside of that line. They don't have much depth. You're going to hammer home a player of Johnny Gaudreau's caliber. <laughs> Give him a couple of weeks. I mean, he had you know almost a 100-point season last year. Now, where's the value on the Monday slate? Are we looking at an Anaheim at home against the Islanders? For me, I've given up on betting against the Islanders. I mean, I don't think I'm going to swing back to that until maybe the new year. But is mm -hmm. there any appeal in taking a sneaky team like the Ducks? It doesn't have to be the Ducks, but any kind of favored matchup like that. I wanted to take the Sharks so bad over the Islanders, huh. but the Islanders have been crushing me every single <laughs> time I bet against them. So... <laughs> I steered clear of that game on Saturday. Of course, the Sharks beat him in overtime. Does Bobby have any lettuce on the game? No, he doesn't. But I can see this being a tricky spot for the Islanders also in Anaheim on the road. But the team, trots, they're so good. Pixie dust, the works, tough to bet against them. Yeah, they've been beating a lot of good teams lately. Almost every night they've had to be on the edge of their seat. Uh, they're out west now after losing in overtime to the Sharks. I think they're going to lose this game. I think the streak is going to end here. I don't know why. I just feel like Anaheim has some bounce back appeal. They've had some games lately where they may have deserved to win uh, and things have fallen apart a little bit. I think that between the travel and 
letting down against an inferior opponent, I think the Ducks win this game tonight. That's what my inkling was. Just be, I brought it up because it's like the, the Islanders are such a good hockey team, mm-hmm. such a complete roster. They've been playing such good opponents that they can get up for those games. I think it's easy maybe you know, to play the Ducks and sleep a little bit. You're out on the West Coast. Things are just a bit different. So for the gamblers tonight on a Monday, you might want to look at that game. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And what do you think about uh, Zuccarello's return uh, to Madison Square Garden? We're going to be at the game. Uh, we're looking forward to that. But yeah, in terms of the Rangers, I, I like the way the, the way the Rangers are headed right now. Their offense can ignite any given night. I know the Wild are sneaky. What are your thoughts on that game? It's funny. I, I think this is a big storyline that no one's talking about. I mean, Zuccarello played heart and soul for that Rangers team, even when they were on the downturn after the, the Ryan Callahan, Brandon mm-hmm. Dubinsky team there. And for Minnesota, I mean, I have to say Eric Stahl. I mean, this guy's on fire again. I think it's three straight games with points. And I think the Wild do have appeal here. I I know I watched that Rangers game. They were snapping it around. Panarin looks like, I mean, honestly, one of the best players in the league right now, hands down. But I think the Wild have some road appeal here. Give credit to Panarin, by the way. It's not easy going to a new team. And then he comes to New York with all the noise and rigmarole. and, And he's just performing incredibly. He's had a great season. He has. He's in the top 10 overall in our rankings. And Ryan Strom's been along for the ride. Zibanejad, when Zibanejad, when Zibanejad comes back, this could be a scary offense. Let's be real. I just wish that they had a little bit more on the blue line and in net. Then this would, te- this would be a team challenging for a playoff spot. But like James said, they have young players on the blue line. Like Brady Shea had a multi-point game the other day. It's been D'Angelo and Fox every other night. Even Truba had a multi-point game. That's a really good sign that Jacob Truba is starting to get going for them. Maybe they'll make a big trade for P.K. Subban. Oh, wow, that'd be brilliant. Right across the Hudson River. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Take yeah. that one point in a month, and away we go. Stanley <laughs> Cup run. Yeah, that I think that's exactly the missing piece. We've figured it all out. <laughs> 200 IQ trade right there. A couple other games to sprinkle in here before we get out of here. Vegas, you know, visiting the Dallas Stars. I mean, this is going to be an absolute must-watch game if you are at home this evening. Dallas, as we all know, trending up, 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 and up. And Vegas, you know, a little bit of up and down lately, but their scores are starting to get going, including Shea Theodore in the blue line there, finally. Yeah, Theodore, I mentioned the couple of guys came back, Hintz and Klingberg over the weekend for Dallas. That's a good sign. I mean, the obvious pick here would be the under, right, if it's Bishop versus Flurry, Is that obvious? or Because I mean, there's some firepower in this game as well, but you just think this will be a tight-checking game. Two elite goalies, two of the four best, really, in the league. It's going to be playoff-like hockey, which would suggest that you should take the under. I think these are two teams that can t- check tightly. And I just, you know, with Radulov kind of still down in the slumps a little bit, I'm not sure if I see this going over six and a half. Well, it's at five and a half, and that's Ooh, why I'm chiming in here. You yeah, don't see wrong. a lot of five and a halves these days anymore in the NHL. Everyone is on the over, probably just thinking, you know what, five and a half, mm-hmm. two, two, three, two, empty netter. They go over the five and a half. Mm-hmm. As far as the total goes in this game, I'm going to steer clear of it. I don't have a good sense. At five and a half, I don't have a good sense. Six and a half, six, I could see, you know, taking the under. Five and a half, I'm not seeing it. I'm glad you chimed in because five and a half is ridiculous. Don't go near that. Don't even throw it in like a gimmicky parlay. I am curious about the Buffalo-Tampa Bay game. Those two teams have been struggling with consistency and net, which is surprising to say considering Andre Vasilevsky is the goalie for the Lightning. What's the pulse on these two teams, Pete? I know that they've both been a little streaky lately. Are you are you maybe thinking Buffalo could pull an upset here? What what's Break it down for me. I think Buffalo could pull an upset. They lost to this team twice in Europe. Uh, they kind of got knocked around. We Remember we said they should have 
come out with at least two points in that two-game series, and they didn't. Uh, they had one of their best games of the season on Sunday against the Florida Panthers on the road. Uh, I was down on them the other day, but uh, it's been an interesting uh, turn of events for the Sabres. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the upset at Tampa Bay. Uh, you have to imagine they're pretty big underdogs in that game. Yeah, they're the biggest underdog on the board. Tampa Bay minus 250. Obviously, Buffalo off the back-to-back, plus the fact that you're in that Florida-Tampa region mm-hmm. and you get you know an evening out off a win. Listen, maybe it's worth a, a shekel or two on Buffalo as dogs. Great value. I think just for the value alone, you should put at least 10 bucks on that game. And one thing that no one's talking about is Jack Eichel. I mean, this guy's got 29 points in 23 games this season. And quite frankly, he's surrounded by not much. Let's just call a spade a spade here. So what he's doing, playing above a point-per-game pace on a team that has trouble scoring, very very good storyline to watch. Yeah, I and mean, it's crazy. He's overshadowed in his own town with the way like Josh Allen's playing for the Bills. They finally have a superstar. They're playing really well. So the Sabres are kind of under the radar in their own town right now. Uh, one interesting thing I saw... So last week when I was watching, I think the Bruins Sabers game, I saw Ristolainen score a dirty goal like in front of the net, and he kind of looked like a forward on the play. And I was thinking, why don't they move Ristolainen to forward? Turns out they actually moved Brandon <laughs> Montour to forward on Sunday, and he had an assist. And he's got a little point streak going. They have a surplus of defensemen. <laughs> Why not try that? I thought that was right on the money. This is lunacy. But, I mean, hey, look, if I was a Ristolainen owner and he got dual eligibility as a defenseman and a right wing in fantasy, number one, that would be hilarious. But, two, that would be very valuable. I just, I, I don't, what is this, the Dana Chara when they used to put him on the power play in front of the net? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I just don't see it lasting. Brent Burns, Dustin Bufflin, Rasmus Ristolainen, and or... Brandon Montour. You get a reward for thinking <laughs> out of the box, plus you get a reward for somehow weaving in the Buffalo Bills. I know you're a big Bills fan. Is that you're correct? going to a Bills game. I am going to a Bills game. Look at him game weaving in month, his teams. So. Weaving in his teams. I'm a Jet fan, but I'm a Bills supporter as well, even though they're in the same division. Hey. They listen, never play in the playoffs. They never play meaningful games. I'm assuming you've gone to a Bills game before, or is this your yeah. first one? No, I've great, been to two. Great atmosphere. The fans are great. Uh, it looks like they got a pretty solid team. Eight and three, right? That's enough Eight Buffalo three, Bills yeah. talk. Yeah, what no, are we doing here? <laughs> no, but, I mean, that raises the bar for that. I mean, there's nothing else going on in that area. They're, it's yeah. all about the sports teams in the winter. And, yeah, Jack Eichel is a full-on superstar in the NHL and should be rostered. Like, I have him in my lineup uh, for Monday uh, for Monday night on the road in Tampa. So just to ping-pong a couple players here, uh, look at James's piece on the waiver wire, not only for waiver wire pickups, but – Four good DFS streamers, including Brian Rush for the Pittsburgh Penguin. Guys lighting it up in every game. Like I said, I think Calgary will win that game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that Brian Rush won't return value. And then also make sure to get Alex Kalorn of the Tampa Bay Bolts in your lineup. This guy, one of the hottest players on this whole waiver wire list. I know he has about three or four of these hot streaks per year in him, but you got to ride him while he's hot. And he's on power play one right now, and there is some value to be gained from Tampa Bay's depth right now. Uh, with Stamkos out. First Kucherov is out, now he's back, now Stamkos is out. Uh, so every which way there's going to be some value. I actually picked up in one of my leagues that counts faceoffs. I picked up Killorn's line mate, Anthony Sorelli, who has a nice point streak. He racks up faceoff wins every single night, so it's good to see him get going. And without Stamkos, that second line takes on uh, bigger importance. 
I like it. And I'd get, uh, I would think about getting Zuccarello in the lineup. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I would be ready to stack the Wild up. That just seems a little too aggressive. I know I've been burned by the Wild this season, so maybe it makes sense. But I think Eric Stahl is the guy you got to get in your lineup there. Hey, the Sharps love Minnesota all year. And another scenario <laughs> tonight, you would think the Rangers would be favorite. They opened up as slight favorites, minus 113. The money immediately goes to the Minnesota Wild. They're minus 125 on the big board. And in these scenarios, listen, the Rangers have been inconsistent, right? You don't know what you're going to get with this team night in and night out. Maybe you take Minnesota revenge game for Zuccarello, right? I know Nick Mm -hmm. Alberga loves that. Listen, just something to look at. Be aware of it as the scores are coming in tonight. Does Minnesota, again, all the money going their way, do they get the win tonight? I think the Rangers get the win. I Again, I'm not sure what this fascination is with Minnesota in terms of why everything seems to tilt their way as it gets closer to the games. But, yeah, I like the Rangers here. I like where the offense is headed, and I think Zuccarello will get you a point, but the Rangers will win. It's too easy to get blindsided when you're watching them snap passes around Panarin flying down, Brady Shea looking like Bobby Orr. It's too easy to like that. And then the next game, they come out flat. That's why I like the Wild in this game, because I've seen it over and over and over, like a broken record from the New York Rangers this season. And Minnesota did it the other day, last week to Buffalo, right? That's Where right. we were kind of like jumping on Buffalo, like they need to win this game. There's some pressure on them. And all of a sudden, Minnesota flipped the script on them. And we know it all too well from living in New York City here. Well, boys, the time has come. I want your DFS lineups for the Monday. And again, I don't need a full description as to why and who and where and when. Just give me the names and away we go. Robert? I'm actually playing a late gamer three-game contest with the uh, the West Coast teams. Just tried a little different strategy. So I've got uh, give me a clap for Max Pacioretty on the road. I got a little Ryan Getzloff action at home for the Anaheim Ducks. I got a little bit of Eric Carlson on the blue line for the San Jose Sharks. Not sure about that one. Um, Well, (laughs) the only reason I'm doing that, and I know you don't want an explanation here, but look at the plus-minus ratings of that team. It is mystifying. Brent Burns is minus 14. Eric Carlson quietly now down to minus 5. This is great. He's going to end up going positive on the season. Yeah, and I think, yeah, the Sharks are have won a couple of overtime games in a row now. Kevin and, LeBanc trending up. Yes, Logan Couture, back-to-back overtime winners. That's pretty tough to do if that counts in your league. But anyway, I have Couture in my lineup to keep it going on the road at L.A. I have Morgan Frost. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Can, can Robbie finish up his lineup, please? Robbie? I thought he finished. No, he did not. <laughs> Robbie, come on, give me a couple I'll give more. You a couple more th- I'll give you a couple more picks. And then uh, also for Dallas, so I do like this to be a little bit of a back-and-forth game. I'm thinking maybe 3-2, maybe 4-2, as you alluded to earlier. So I do like Alexander Radulov to get out of this slump. He's due. He was my fantasy must-pick player of the week just because they play four games, and I think it takes that one game on a Monday to break it out. Get Alexander Radulov in your lineup tonight. Okay, it's your time, Peter. Okay, we're wrapped up. Let's roll. Robbie even developed like a southern accent in that. This is for the at Sharks. Some point. Uh, yeah, have, I, which I aren't even it. a southern team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Morgan Frost stacked with Claude Giroux. Just take your chances at home against Vancouver. Logan Couture, I mentioned the overtime heroics. Artemi Panarin at home. He's a lineup lock for me. Matthew Kachuk, bounce back spot. Robbie convinced me with that against the grain play at Pittsburgh. Uh, With his physicality, I have JT Miller and Quinn Hughes, like I said I would. I'm not touching the Vancouver-Philly game from a 
betting standpoint to advocate for that, but I'm excited to watch it. And I want to tap into that Vancouver power play that went five for six the other day. I got Brandon Montour at Tampa Bay just for this <laughs> a fun right wing trend. And then UC Saros, if he starts, he got the Predators on track at St. Louis. Now they have a home game. If he gets to start again, he could win this game and maybe run away with the starting job. Renee has been pretty bad lately. And as I mentioned, I like the Calgary Flames. I am also in agreement with you guys. I'm not sure if I'm going to put my personal shekel on it or not, but I think the Ducks could beat the Islanders tonight. And then the other one that we talked about just before, just keep an eye on it. I don't think I'm going to put cash on Minnesota, but I think something fishy's going on here with them being minus 125 favorites. And Minnesota's done it before. Minnesota goes into MSG and gets the win. Put a bow on it, Peter. I will. I'll give my pick quick. I like oh. Buffalo at Tampa Bay for the. I just like okay. the. Uh, the, value. the appeal there, a lot of value. Minus, uh, what is it? Minus two twenty, minus two forty-five. Yeah, Buffalo something plus like, that. like plus two twenty. I yeah, mean, crazy well, for let's go. You might as well, right? Yeah, might as well. On it. Might as well. Might as well. I like it. So for Bender, Reese, Jensen, we'll talk to you again on Tuesday. Hit us up with any last-minute questions, and we appreciate you listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice. And just a reminder, everyone, continue to rate and review. If you want to throw me under the bus, throw me under the bus. And listen to the other podcasts that we have on the big board. Puck Culture with Jackie Redman, phenomenal program. Executive Suite with Deb Placey, phenomenal program. And, of course, Good old Uncle Dan Rosen and Sean Rourke with NHL at the Rink. There's a possibility, there's a possibility of a special guest on the Thanksgiving week program. We got to have Uncle Dan on the show soon. We'll get Uncle Dan on. We'll get Uncle Dan on. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace out.